0: Welcome to our review of Fire in the Sky, the notorious alien abduction film from the 1990s. One of us had never seen it before, and we're going to go in-depth into casting, story, and of course the insane sequence that everyone talks about. Hope we enjoy it, guys. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me today is Tara.
1: Greetings, citizens.
0: I said that like, it's not always you. It is always you, but... The,
1: Surprise, up, Tara.
0: Shaking up the <laughs> phrase in a little bit. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together and we talk about a film. It is 90s alien season, and we are kicking off that season with Fire in the Sky, which is a film I have never seen before until now, uh, whereas Tara saw it like once on cable when she was uh, like nine <laughs> and is returning to it now after all this time.
1: Yeah.
0: After those eons have passed between when you were nine and now.
1: <laughs> you know, there's something very freeing about just admitting what my age is. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> not... It came out in 93, so I would have been eight. Okay. But I think I watched it on cable when, it, when I was nine. Yeah. Uh, if it checks out.
0: Yeah. I'm not into many extreme sports, but joking about your age is one that I dabble in from time to time uh so <laughs> thank you for joining us everyone uh let's say we talk about the film we'll start spoiler free we'll give you a warning before we go into the spoilers uh it's an alien abduction movie uh, about someone who does seemingly get abducted and the friends and co-workers that he's with who then have to kind of try to explain to everyone why this guy went missing and they're if effectively looked at like they might have murdered someone and that's why he's not around anymore and sort of poking in at the the belief and disbelief at their story and whether or not they're telling the truth or not. And it stars Robert Patrick, T one thousand himself. Uh in a in a lead role where he has uh it looks like Daryl from Walking Dead. That's just He really does. <laughs> just colour it what it is. That, <laughs> I never th-
1: realised they look so much alike.
0: He's he's got his sort of look going and then we have not a lot of people you'd recognize obviously the other sort of kind of famous person in this is elliot from et who is like i don't know 18 to 20 in this
1: and peter berg oh yeah the director
0: of uh patriots day is in this as an actor <laughs> well he's an actor in this he's not in this playing an actor that's that came out weird <laughs> but
1: yes but,
0: but what i'm saying is is i didn't he's realize an actor
1: turned director
0: yeah i didn't realize he was an actor that director, so that was a surprise to me when I saw his name and clicked title went, Oh, it is the director to went on yeah. to make a bunch of sixes out of tens. So <gasps> <laughs>
1: Welcome. Patriots Day is amazing. <laughs> so we'll we'll have to watch Battleship one day. <laughs> Maybe during our twenty tens alien <laughs> month.
0: Well we when we get to like Covenant and Prometheus, we'll do a twenty tens alien <laughs> season. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this was a first time for me and I will say, before we give our general thoughts on the film, that I have heard of this a few times. Like, it's been brought up in different podcasts that I've listened to, I've heard people talk about it, and I've heard people say it traumatized them as a kid. And I feel like it's because a lot of people who are around our age, or in a similar age to us, grew up in the 90s. And this was probably something that played on cable in the 90s a lot, so you probably something a lot of people caught at some point in that time period. I somehow didn't, somehow I just missed it, maybe I'm just slightly younger and that's why, but I never did. But I'd heard there's a sequence in this that traumatized people as kids. So I went into this going, I w- wondering if it was a little too hyped up that maybe I was going to see whatever this scene was and I'll not recognize it and think, ah, oh, that's a fun scene, but it's not necessarily hitting me that way. Or if it was going to be something I immediately go, oh yeah, I can see why this freaked people out and it's kind of impressive and sort of take. So we'll find out in a minute how I did feel. But I'm going to ask I'm Tara curious. first, because I always ask Tara to say this first. What did you think of fire and the sky?
1: Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that I was traumatized by it when I was a kid, but I, I absolutely remember the scene vividly. I mean, I'm I'm sure I've only watched this movie once, and nothing about the movie seemed new when I was watching it. Like, every line I knew, every moment I knew, it was pretty remarkable, actually for me to so obviously the film had quite an impact on me when I was a kid but uh, not traumatic to the point where like I couldn't sleep at night maybe maybe like the first night or something mm. also
0: one um, question here while we're in the spoiler free section is that the scene in question assuming I've got the right one which I think I do uh, is definitely heavily in spoiler territory so we won't really talk oh, about yeah. what it is until later but
1: I definitely still love that scene Like <laughs> it is good it's a good scene unfortunately it's like 10 minutes and the rest of the movie is i wouldn't say boring but just not what you're not what you're expecting i guess i think this might be the only science fiction movie that we ever do that's based on a true story because <laughs> generally those genres don't go together
0: well based on an alleged story maybe alleged the, true the story. accurate exactly. statement <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, this that's is true. Hilarious. I don't think we've ever done one before. This is the first time we've ever watched a sci-fi movie on here that's based on a true story.
1: I'm certain it's going to be the only time. Um, in any case, I do like the movie. I think the movie is good. I think the, the stuff at the beginning and the stuff at the end are definitely the reason to watch the film. Um, not that I hate the stuff in the middle. It's just not very exciting. The type of
0: story this is doing, it's kind of the quintessential movie that's just about the your standard alien abduction which is someone's beamed up to a ship seemingly and then all the mystery around what happened to them kind of spreads throughout the small town and that like obviously that's what a lot of x-files is about and there's definitely other movies that touch on it
1: you know i think that's why this movie was very traumatic for kids in the 90s also it's just because of aliens were kind of like the hot topic of the 90s There's just a lot of alien shows like that. And uh, even like Unsolved Mysteries were like was a really popular show where they just reenact stories that people told and crimes and investigations that never led to anything. But there was always like, what happened? There's this mysterious supernatural thing that's involved or something. I don't know. It's I think it's just, you know, the the flavor of the 90s is just alien abduction. So if you're always surrounding that and then you have this movie that, you know can be you know this is the boogeyman <laughs> that you're afraid of i think just kind of reinforces that fear yeah I, don't, a child.
0: I think the point i'm getting at is that i don't think i've seen a movie that is just straight up this story i've seen movies where there's a, a bit of an alien abduction part of it or so it's part of the backstory or it's some i told me to part of something in the movie but this is like no it's just this is just what it is it's the story about an alien abduction like this happening and that was kind of neat, I think, for me, just as as I realized that that's what this was. It is just kind of taking that on its own and making a movie about that, as opposed to it just being a small fragment in a larger narrative that's doing lots of wacky things. Because normally, when you have, uh, you know, like Independence Day, which we brought up like last time we talked about a movie, <laughs> I think, but Independence Day has, like, an element of that where one of the characters says he was abducted by aliens and there's jokes about anal probes, and, it, you know, he gets his revenge, kind of, by the end of the movie. That, yeah. that, that's in there. And it was
1: during the Discovery review.
0: Yeah, and it's played for laughs, and it's it's played for all these things, and it turns out to be true. And I, I guess because of that, like, because that Independence Day is definitely a movie I saw as a kid. I, I saw, I don't know if I saw it in
1: well, the cinema. Well, a 90s film, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know if I saw it in the cinema, but I definitely saw it, like, a lot after when it came to video. And... That was very much, I think, kind of my first exposure to that type of story. So I think, inherently for me, my entire life, I hear someone's abducted by aliens. And probably because Men in Black, also Will Smith, funnily enough, but Men in Black was right after Independence Day, so a year later. And that also had all the crappy magazines saying, oh, I, you know, mm-hmm. Elvis abducted me into a spaceship and I had his baby, and, you know, things like that on the magazine the covers. Weekly
1: World News. Yeah, is, all that. yeah what are you thinking
0: of? Yeah, all that nonsense. So. Uh, it was kind of interesting to sit down and watch a movie which it tries to treat this like a very serious, like horrific experience that's scary. Yeah. The the mystery around it and the skepticism around it. And, you know, one of the core parts of the movie, you know, that middle part that you were kind of referring to when it is just the guys in town and everyone's not really believing what they went through, is that it kind of deals with this idea that they're all just kind of assuming that this group of guys might have murdered someone and they're all treating them. They're all, you know, they're all ostracized. They're all being treated like they're, uh you know guilty of something and it's it's them dealing with those accusations and the looks they're getting and that kind of stuff uh and i thought that part was actually kind of interesting but i that said that said i do kind of agree the highlights of the movie are like there's like a 15 20 minute stretch towards the end and there's like maybe like a 10 minute chunk near the start which are easily the two highlights of the film and it's probably the scenes that people remember the most from this uh those are very good particularly the one towards the end the one towards the end is really well shot and is really unique and is surprising based on what the rest of the movie is how how deep it goes into what it's doing and i think one thing that sticks out to me is that the movie's not perfect at what it's doing before that the movie when it's doing all this stuff with the characters and the mystery and we're never going to have answers and all that you can do good movies that are completely ambiguous, and you deal with the psychology of it. This movie is decent at that. It's not great at that. And as I was watching that first, like, half or so, even deep into, like, the second, like, the end of the second third, I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, this is not bad. I'm kind of enjoying this. It definitely feels a bit 90s, and it definitely feels this, this, or this. Um, I think what happens and what you see in the last third of the movie, I think, had those first two thirds been, like, the perfect, like, expertly written psychological film about dealing with the trauma and the mystery of the unknown, I might have been disappointed with that last third because it went to, like, oh, we're just going to show you some stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think because this film didn't quite get there with the other stuff, it doing this other thing in the last third actually is what puts it over the line into, you know what? This was actually quite good and worth watching because it mm-hmm. it, it filled a void with something else rather than doing the first thing perfect. And I know that's like a really weird thing to say, but... If the first two thirds were perfect at the... The... The intrigue... Then I think I would have been disappointed with... Just how... I, I don't know to call it answers, but... Just how explicit some things get towards the end. But because... It was... You know, it was like a B. and how it was handling everything up until that point. That when it just showed me some really cool stuff towards the end... I was like... Oh, you know what? That just elevated the whole thing. All of a sudden... This movie is about getting to this. This movie is about yeah. finally seeing this. And I had a good time because of that. So
1: Excellent. I'm glad you like it.
0: I do. I like the movie. Uh, Cause
1: like you said, like this is one that people talk about mm-hmm. due to trauma. <laughs> and probably have hyped it up for you. So. And I'm not traumatized.
0: Yeah, like I will say that. But... I de- No, you're an adult. But I knew I knew what scene it was. Although I, there was definitely some moments early on, like because the actual abduction that happens quite early on that you see, mm-hmm. I was sort of watching that going, "Is it this? Is this what traumatized people?" And I was sort of like questioning, like, <laughs> "Was that because a bunch of bunch of pussies in the nineties?
1: Like, what were what, what all these kids thinking? <laughs> this isn't that bad?" <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, that did frighten me when I was a kid, but um, not not quite to the extent. But yeah. the um, yeah uh oh crap i had a point but it's gone maybe it'll come back to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean i mean it just it was it was you know watching it and kind of like being excited because it had all this buzz from you know mm-hmm. and not not and not buzzing the same way that a new movie has buzz where everyone's talking about it, but just buzz that i've just i've heard a bit here and a bit there and it's a, a bit from all over the place over the years uh that i was excited but nervous that it wasn't going to live up to it and i
1: wonder if um part of the reason that i don't love the middle part as much um is because it claims to be based on a true story, which automatically makes my brain go, well, then they all must be murderers. <laughs> although I, I guess the you know, the ending changes that, but at the same time, like when I'm watching it, I'm like, so did they just beat up a guy? <laughs> or something like, why did he go missing? Uh, <laughs> you know, if you think it's kind of like the conjury movies. if you think about it from, not so much as just standalone movies of their own, but actually based on real events, you know, they're con artists. Um, so you don't really like the Warrens (laughs) and people might've actually hurt their families, you know, in a, in a real situation. So like, because they weren't, um, take possessed or something. So, you know, it kind of like they're great movies when they're on their own, but if you remember that they're true stories or based on something true, then, it kind of just makes it. Uh, I don't know. It kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I think you just separate it.
0: I, I, I think you know when it comes to stuff like the Conjuring. I'm like, okay, a table moved an inch, right? That's what the true story was, uh, and <laughs> and they've written this like supernatural story. Yeah, the Warrens are really likable in those movies, and the real Warrens are probably a lot shadier and probably aren't that likable. And yeah. that's okay. I can separate that in my mind. The the only thing out of the Conjuring movies that left a little bit of a bad taste is in the third one there's a, a real person did die, and the story kind of revolves around this real person who died. And I It's felt, a trial, right? Yeah. Also? And I felt a little bit weird. It's like, no, someone did actually kill someone in the real world, yeah. and that's kind of what this is based on. W- with this, it's very easy for me to separate, because I'll be honest, I, I'd forgotten this was supposed to be based on a true story. It wasn't until the ending where, you know, the, the, the end of True Stories where the text comes up saying, and then two years later, the, you know, so-and-so yeah. did this. It starts doing that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is be based on a true story. So I wasn't thinking that at all throughout the whole movie. And mm. honestly, I think anyone who watches it should just watch it under that. Like just yeah. Someone told some stories and maybe that's what they've based the movie on. Take it as fiction, enjoy it as fiction, don't think okay. about the real people. Yeah. You know. Okay. That's that's my stance on it. Yeah, if I'm not made it really clear, I mean the, the movie kinda of revolves around a, a bunch of mm. lumber does lumberjack the right term for this? Or is it just uh loggers or something? <laughs> like what's well, just the Tree surgeons, I don't really know. tree yeah. surgeons. I'm sure I've heard that sure. term. But yeah, they're cutting down trees. They're great with chainsaws, and they're cutting down trees. <laughs> Whatever specific
1: term fits that, that's what they are. Yeah, they've been hired to to clear cut some some forest. And the movie plays with structure a little bit. You know, it starts off with the
0: the truck like driving down in a hurry to the the, the, the diner this is then returning from this night where a lot of this stuff happened and I, part of me was thinking that the whole thing was going to be bookended with them telling a story sitting there talking to the the police officers and the 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 guy from whatever agency he came from like the, the, the wasn't the FBI but it was something like that uh, this guy mm-hmm. comes in to talk to them and i was thinking oh maybe this is the whole thing will be bookended but actually their story is done in like 15 20 minutes and then the movie progresses from after this meeting and I was thinking about that as I was watching it, but it's actually quite smart in a way because the whole idea of this movie is that everyone in this town hears this as a story with, you know, in, in hindsight from them. So it kind of makes sense that we as the audience also kind of encounter them after it's already happened and then we hear it told through that perspective of them t- talking about it as this is, okay, this is the story of that day, that night. This is what mm-hmm. happened. That makes some sense. Um, admittedly, it's a very explicit story. It doesn't really hide anything. You know, like, yeah. part, part of me was thinking we were going to find out later part of it was a lie. and We would see what really happened and for that part mm-hmm. of the story or something like that. And they never well, did that. Well, when they
1: all sit down, I think it's, like, Peter Berg or, or maybe it's um, uh, Robert Patrick who says, like, okay, we're all going to stick to the story, right? So it's like, oh, are they lying? Like, what? <laughs> it kind of sets up a, a little bit of, like, should I trust the story they tell?
0: And there's even, a like, a, a detail later where we find out they did leave out a part where there was, like, a bit of a real fight between uh dallas is the guy who doesn't like travis because travis is the the one who is abducted mm-hmm. uh, and dallas doesn't like him and they're sort of and we see like in the, the flashback that they are kind of buttonheads a lot
1: yeah but we don't actually see them
0: fight no we never see them fight but it sets up that they don't like each other very much and then later on they do he, he, dallas eventually admits that a cut that he has in his hand is from an altercation with him so it's like oh as it happened a, that night. There's a part missing of the story, but then I never actually go back to it. So that is a little bit strange uh, from a yeah. a storyteller. It, it kind of it reeks of deleted scene. Honestly, it really does feel like a deleted scene. Or
1: it, it could be intentional just because, you know, this is based on a true story. So it could just, it could be there to leave some doubt when you watch the movie. Like, well, they didn't tell us about this part while we were watching the scene. So maybe it didn't happen. Or Maybe not everything they said was true.
0: I feel like enough of it's explicit enough that it doesn't really feel like they're planting enough doubt.
1: <laughs> I,
0: I don't think it's ambiguous. In the, I think the movie's pretty, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could say a lot of something's just in someone's head, but...
1: I yeah, the guy who wrote the book is Travis. Like, he's the one who wrote the book.
0: Just, you know, so you know. I thought you were going to make another point. That's why I <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it's just, you know, Travis is the one who gets abducted. He is the one who wrote the book. So it's not coming from the, the people who are telling the story in this movie, which is just an interesting point of view thing.
0: Last oh, okay sure yeah like it's, it's it's the one who is claiming to have been abducted uh, who is actually recounting the events and uh, I I presume changing things a little bit. I mean, did he write it as like a narrative or did he write it as just a factual? This is what happened. Uh,
1: I'm not sure. I think he just like sort of got famous for. His story and just decided to write it down and made money off of it um i'm not really sure how it accounts I, for I his can't, story i can't blame him for that like if, but if I, I know that the the film isn't accurate to the book like they take some dramatic liberties when we get to sure. like the final scene yeah
0: does make it more spooky which doesn't surprise me and honestly i'm all for it like oh yeah totally yeah so <laughs>
1: It's worth it, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, do it. It's just fine. Um so yeah. And you know, and like I was saying earlier, like I mentioned that it's kind of like a B tier, like sort of in quality for a lot of it and what i mean by that is that yeah there's some ropey acting hero there there's definitely some minor characters who really stuck out as being kind of iffy like the, the church scene yeah there's a, there's a yeah there's a town <laughs> meeting in the church where any, pretty much everyone who speaks up and asks a question are all really bad
1: actors they're terrible
0: <laughs> they're all pretty rough i
1: wish they got the guys from parks and rec who have the <laughs> the like zoning committee um <clears throat> meetings
0: because <laughs> I, I think robert patrick is is decent enough Mm-hmm. and i think he's a, a he's an actor much like arnold and lot of ways, actually who got to really play above his standard in terminator 2 because he was given a role where he doesn't really have to speak that much and he gets to be this great villain in this like all-timer movie then he's a pretty decent b-movie actor and that's kind of his level that he's been at ever since and that's okay that's that's what he is and that's that's fine you know, he's he's in the from Dust till dawn sequel and he's in other random things and you know I, i see him on yeah, posters he was for in
1: um i want to say he was in uh the hbo series perry mason
0: oh sure yeah and i see him on i see him on like random posters for like straight to video action and horror movies all the time it's just he's
1: a working actor
0: he's one of those guys you know Good he's for just him. he keeps he keeps working that's what he does uh he's the villain in the he's the double dragon movie which was based on oh, cool. the video game it might be terrible <laughs> but he's like the villain in that
1: did you ever try to run like he does in terminator 2 thinking it might make you run faster.
0: I don't know if I thought it would make me run faster, but I definitely tried to emulate it at some point.
1: Yeah. I remember in school, like in PE class, after that movie came out, everyone tried running like that.
0: It's funny to me that we spoke for like two hours in Terminator 2 when we did that movie, and we're still finding new things to say about it (laughs) all these episodes (laughs) later. (laughs) It's a classic, <laughs> yeah. But hey, Robert Patrick. I mean, he's he's you know, he's the T one thousand. This kind of it's impossible not to bring up that movie. It's,
1: yeah, it's like one of the most iconic villains next to the Terminator, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I don't know. How, maybe we'll have to do a top twenty villains or something Ooh. at some point. But yeah, he's he's ranking somewhere. Yeah. Spoilers, then let's go full spoilers from this point on for Fire in the Sky. You have been warned. Yes. All right, let's talk about the scene.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean,
0: let's be honest. Let's jump to the end. <laughs> We're all here for the scene where, because the, the, the big thing plot wise, just to sort of establish where we are in the story here, is that Travis has been gone. People suspect his friends of killing him, even though Robert Patrick's his, like his best friend. In fact, he's even in love with Robert Patrick's sister and wants to marry her. So they're all like inter.
1: They're very close. And, it seems like a small town. Yeah. Yeah, community.
0: So it's yeah. it's all like that. And then out of nowhere, there's a phone call. At Robert Patrick's house. And he's not... He's, there's actually been several phone calls, but he's not heard any of them because he's he's been living away in the motel because he's having some rough patches with the wife, partly because he's accused of being a murderer and they're they're struggling through all that. But he happens to be there in this phone call and the wife just thinks it's some prank calls because he's becoming... You know, it's kind of gotten around town that her husband might have killed someone. And yeah. he answers the phone and because it's him answering it and not her for the first time, he hears what sounds like travis it's, and as well as things were really predictable like i was like oh he's going to hear Tra- it's going to be travis this is like somehow this is this is how he comes back into the movie and sure mm-hmm. enough to go looking for him and he is butt ass naked uh at a petrol station he is in the rain he's scared to look at anyone he's clearly traumatized
1: by whatever he's been through fantastic acting i think like the moment where the uh like someone tries to touch him and he just like does that shriek mm. where it's it's so like it's like an animal, like an animal that's been tortured or something, you know? Like any kind of touch is just, it's inhuman almost. It was really great. And part of what
0: makes this so effective is that in the first part of the movie, when they're telling the story of the day, and we our introduction to Travis is that he's upbeat. He has these hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick's the moody one. He's the one who's trying to cheer him up. And when he goes to say hi to his possible wife slash Robert Patrick's sister, he does not go through the door. It's almost like a little joke bit where he always climbs up on top of the little roof and goes up to her window. And like, Robert Patrick's wife's, oh, do you have to do it that way? And she's getting frustrated at him. But it's kind of cute. We see that he has the zest for life. He's kind of like a big mm-hmm. kid. He is the hopeful, happy one who has all these dreams and ideas. And then you see him like this and he is this scared husk of a person. And it's like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's really effective because it's so different from what he was at the start of the movie. And He's it really kind of sells weird. it. It's
1: weird... He's got weird bruises on his face. Like they, They're not bruises someone gets in a fight. You know, they're mm. bruises, like, very specific on both sides of his face, like the sides of his eyes and stuff. Um, symmetrical. Yeah, it's very uh, symmetrical bruising that's very strange. Yeah. So this
0: leads to him being kind of weird with Robert Patrick, and eventually he's taken home, and there's something that triggers the memories and for the for the movie's sake it sort of transitions from this trigger into this flashback scene of him being abducted know what happened when he was abducted Uh, and then at the end of this big sequence we're about to talk about is it it sort of transitions into as if he's been in hypnotherapy or something uh, at therapy and he's like told this story but it transitions into it really nicely it's if he gets scared he's hiding under the table in the kitchen uh, because his his future wife and friends thought it'd be a good idea to surround him by people when he's clearly like nervous and uneasy about everything. Yeah,
1: he just needs to be in a safe place alone.
0: Yeah, read the room, guys, read the room. <laughs> but it's like uh, there's some syrup or honey or something on the table, and it yeah, starts it syrup. yeah, it mm-hmm. starts dripping down the side of the t- and it hits him in the face, and that's what triggers him. Because then he wakes up. It's almost like the Matrix scene where Neo wakes up in the pod, where mm-hmm. he wakes up in kind of like a fleshy sack. I would be
1: surprised if the Matrix, like, remembered this scene. Oh, sure. And like, let's do something like that.
0: But he wakes up, and he's got his clothes on still, but he wakes up in the sack, and he's sort of looking around. It's gooey, it's slimy, and that's, what, that's why the maple syrup's kind of making him think of it. He sort of pokes out of, like, this sort of... There's, like, a, one one side of it's like a sort of thin layer of flesh that he kind of Yeah, like through. a latex. Yeah.
1: But there's definitely, like some sort of techie thing it's very subtle in the latex that looks artificial Mm. so the whole thing looks very you know like uh i don't know like um like biomaterial you know even the the whatever he's laying in is like this goo that looks kind of like mud there's even something that looks kind of like worms in it but they're not moving or anything like that but then there's these lines in the you know cocoon for lack of a better term that look very much like a circuit board. So some sort of, like, a biotech thing. So it's a subtle detail that's there that I really liked.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense what you see in a little bit as well. But uh, he mm-hmm. he pokes his way out, and it's, you know, like a big chamber that has tons of these slots on the wall that he's just came out of. And But they, what I kind of like about the design of this is that they're not all identical. They're kind of, like, rough and, like, mismatched. It's almost like someone's, like, yeah, put down this grid, but it's kind of like a loose clay thing where they've not intentionally went out of their way to make it all match perfectly it does feel kind of haphazard and some of them yeah. look like they're kind of half empty or broken or don't work anymore when he does kind of go out and there's no gravity so he's kind of floating around eventually and Which he looks great too and he sticks his hands into one of the other pods you know he, there's like a half half of a person like who's missing like their bottom half of their bodies yeah they just rotted yeah yeah and he obviously this freaks him out. And this, this is all very dark and sinister. It's got a very specific mood and vibe. It's, it's all... terrifying. It's yeah. all kind of like existential and like he's alone. He's been taken by a force that he can't possibly comprehend. And it's this foreboding and just completely nightmare. overwhelming sense. You know, it's a, Yeah, it's a nightmare. So... And he floats around, and you know this does take a bit of time, but like it's all very moody. Every second of it's kind of engrossing because of that.
1: He's holding on to like this umbilical cord thing. Also, it's like he, he's holding on to it, but it still looks very organic, like much like the whatever latex thing that he's in.
0: Yeah, and he starts moving around, and he starts climbing up, and he eventually gets up to like an opening, and he looks over, and he freaks out because he thinks he sees aliens because right? we see some sort of what looks like classical looking aliens
1: mm-hmm, with the big eyes, yeah. big bug eyes.
0: But the mm-hmm. interesting little twist here is that when he does sort of like build up a bit of courage and he goes in and he goes close, he realizes that these are actually suits. These aren't like they're the bodies of some a- being. They are, these are the space suits that they effectively wear. Although, of course, it does the horror movie moment where one of them moves behind him. One of them is filled with a, an alien and they, they capture him. Yeah, he's just him.
1: chilling, I guess.
0: Yeah. And he gets dragged, you know, down alien hallways, gets put in an operating table, and this is the scene is that i mean it's all been very impressive <laughs> and real shot up until this point but the, the reason why this traumatizes people is once he's on the operating table there's a just a few specific details here that make this really particularly nasty from like a, a sensory overload perception one is that they put like a, a sort of black gunk in his mouth like it is a either as like a sort of lubricant or an, an insulator or something to, because they, they stick like a tube in his mouth afterwards but it's like shove this in his mouth first and then put this big tube in
1: not just a tube it's like a metal like vice or clamp or something and then they use the like they're turning something into it like a, um, I don't know something that's threaded <laughs> like oh sure to, yeah that they have to crank into it to keep his mouth open and well the first thing they do is they lay him on this like slab this concrete slab or metal slab and then put this it looks like, you know, a blanket. Like, he's... They've cut off all his clothes, so he's nude, he's he's cold, and they put this, like, blanket over him. And then this, like, mist comes down, and they're all looking up at the mist, like... Just looks like a regular mist. And then all of a sudden, the blanket becomes, like, latex, and it's vacuum-sucking him down. All of a, and he's trapped now. It's not a comfort anymore. On <laughs> becomes on this, this nightmare.
0: On this detail in particular, <laughs> I actually didn't like it at first see when they put the sheet on on top of them? i thought that's just a regular white sheet this looks really out of place mm-hmm. in this alien set everything else has felt really distinct and alien and like it's part of a different ecosystem and technology tree and all that sort of stuff and this just looked like a bit of fabric and i thought that looks really cheap and tacky like why would you just use this sheet <laughs> but it did turn into out to be more interesting when it does suck in and it's like oh no it's like it's just reacting in and it's doing stuff <laughs> like it's actually yeah. got a purpose N- and it now functions. it's
1: yeah now it's a nightmare
0: yeah <laughs> uh, and they, they cut out a hole for the mouth where they put the tube and all that and then they cut out a hole for one eye and they put like a device into his eye it's like a clockwork orange thing maybe slightly yeah but they start like putting like liquid in or liquid starts coming out of his eye that's like, like a, it's like a creamy color yeah and it's It's just really kind of nasty, and the whole thing feels that he can't move any part of his body. He's completely trapped. These beings, which we see clearly, by the way, at this point, where all their masks Mm -hmm. are off, and they've got sort of the shape of a classic alien head, but they're more like a sort of, like, kind of Freddy Krueger flesh-looking sort of skin tone.
1: (laughs) I like the detail of, like, when you look at them straight on, it looks like they have a regular neck, but if they turn to profile, there's, like, a hole here, so it's like their neck's made of two separate parts holding up their head. I like that a lot. I thought that was neat detail. Yeah.
0: I also like that they, they show no, like, empathy or remorse. This is, like, very... This is a date at the no. office for them. This is,
1: like, probably what Foxy feels when I take her to the vet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they just... They just... They don't care. They don't care that he's scared. They don't care that he's in pain or terrified. And obviously... He, he
1: can't breathe. Like, the they've put some kind of, like thick goo in his mouth so like he's his mouth is obstructed so he's like struggling to breathe and he's got his mouth clamped open like some sort of ancient dentist torture nightmare and then his eyes clamped open but it's it's being clouded his vision's being clouded by whatever milky thing is going in and then he does he is able to see clearly eventually but only to see the next part
0: which is uh, a giant like drill or needle coming towards his eye, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is which is probably the most traumatic part. I think no one likes the thought of something coming into their eyes. It's, it's you just can't a...
1: blink; <laughs> your eyes just op- staying open like that.
0: Yeah, the whole time. That's pretty nasty. And then, then it's yeah. around here when he finally wakes up in the the psychiatrist's office. Yeah, it's a very it's a very dense like two minutes of cinema because it's just like there's so many details I think
1: the whole thing's like 10 minutes but like, for, for
0: many yeah. wakes up sure, but I mean on the operating table that is like two minutes Like because mm-hmm. so much of it's a slow build of them climbing out and going into the other pod and then cl- going up and seeing the spaces The actual bit in the operating table is like a really really dense two minutes of details you've got this sheet, you've got the gunk they put in his mouth, you've got the tubing, you've got the mm-hmm. eye clamp, you've got the the drill or needle get into his eye, you've got the aliens themselves. There's so much in such a quick span of time. And this is what I was saying earlier when I was in the spoiler-free section, is that the movie is playing the, oh, it's all a mystery, do we believe them, do we not? Do, well, the authorities believe them, they take a lie detector test, we'll talk about that in a bit more detail in a bit. But all that stuff is going on, and had that all been like, like a plus stuff i might have actually been disappointed that it sullied it by just showing us like straight up here's a bunch of like proper science fiction like spaceship stuff mm-hmm. but because that was only just so good this just like okay now this is the peak of the movie now this is where yeah i'm being rewarded and it's just really cool visuals and <laughs> it was really it was like they said to themselves obviously there's this traditional look of an alien that we all think of when you think of area 51 with the big eyes and the, the little bodies and stuff it was almost like they said, you know what, we want to do the one example in cinema where we take that seriously and make it something that is going to be not a joke, because it's really a joke when you see that design.
1: Exactly, yeah. And when you and when you think of, like, uh, you know, those alien conventions or whatever, where people tell their UFO or their abduction story, it's easy to make fun of them and stuff, but, like, if it was real, it would be a nightmare like this. Oh, it'd be terrifying. It would be terrifying. Yeah. So I love that they just do that. Like, it's so visceral and, like, like you said earlier, like, every sense that you have, every sensory is being activated with, you, with the reflex of, of flea. Like, this is this is bad. This is, uh, this is not where you want to be right now.
0: And I think it's partly because most of it is, other than the abduction itself, where you see the big light in the sky, you know, the fire in the sky and, like, there's a bit of fantastical stuff there to an extent it's relatively limited so mm-hmm. because most of the movie is in this small town it's people in rooms and cars it's debating it's all just ground you know boots on the ground realistic stuff in the sense that they're all just in normal locations and then you have this 10 minute sequence that is completely alien it's, it's almost like i mean it's one obviously aliens a great movie aliens a better movie than this right no one's i'm not don't think for a second i'm suggesting it's not but obviously with alien you're already in a science fiction setting on a sci-fi spaceship and yes don't get me wrong the hr Giger alien ship when you see that compared to the strome was very different and it's very organic versus the the mechanical and all the rest of it but because this is 70s small town lumberjack country it's you know it's diners where you get cups of coffee it's Mm -hmm. you know old school trucks and things like that and then you cut to He's floating in space, surrounded by pods that have, like, half kill Or, they're all they're definitely... I mean, he's definitely dead. That guy he sees is definitely dead. But, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, half-decayed <laughs> bodies and stuff. And, obviously, there's questions here that aren't answered. Like, well, clearly, some of the people they abduct, they just let die. And this guy, they, they like, they put there's back also, down. There's also, like, he,
1: there's a moment where the aliens are dragging him through um, some sort of corridor. And it's, it looks very... Um, it's almost like watching someone's colonoscopy video. Like it does look kind of organic, but there's like lights and stuff. Oh sure,
0: actually, do you um, detail I love about that is they're not dragging him on the ground. He is actually floating because he's yeah. there's, still, there's still no gravity, so they're still just dragging him through the yeah, air.
1: You're right, yeah. And he, but he's like running into books and like people's glasses and stuff. It's actually kind of a messy whatever ship they're using because they just leave stuff around. So you know, other people have gone through this throughout however long. These aliens have been around abducting people. Yeah.
0: And what is their purpose? Who knows? The movie doesn't even try to get into that. It's okay. Don't, don't worry about it. No. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a movie for that. That's okay. Yeah. This is about the horror of the abduction itself, not the why they're doing this. What is the species? What do they care about? We don't know. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess if I was to theorize, I would say the reason why he is sent back is because part of their experiment is maybe to actually monitor what happens to him after he goes back. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But uh, they send him back.
1: and uh, Or maybe he escapes somehow. Like, yeah. Because we don't get the whole story, really. We just get up until the eyeball thing. Yeah, I wonder if the
0: reason... the, the ones Maybe it's not so much that they, they intentionally kill some of them, but it's whatever they do. Some people just don't survive it. Or maybe the ones who are dead are the failed experiments and this guy you know, he, you know Travis is just lucky enough that he, you know, he was on a successful attempt so
1: I I, so I like to think also that maybe you know the aliens really just don't care so like maybe sure. they're just forgotten about <laughs> like we meant to drop them off but like oh yeah, yeah they don't yeah. mean anything to us so they just forget about them you know yeah,
0: I, either that or they don't care in the sense that oh well, he survived well I'll just put him back then because whatever <laughs> yeah yeah We don't care. They're not even worried about the authorities or people of Earth finding out. Like, Well, that's because they're just rightfully ignorant about what
1: humans care about. This is not the Federation uh, learning first contact rules. Oh, no, not at all.
0: (laughs) But like, whether it's because they're just ignorant and don't care about humans finding out and it just so happens that it's a myth, or they are smart enough to know that no one's going to believe this guy. Like, This would be like a myth to them, so it's just going to sound like a crazy story. Well, they know that or not? is almost irrelevant but either way it's working for them so here we are and you know so and i think the the one weird structural thing that's weird about the movie though from a a writing perspective that i do kind of have to nitpick at a little bit is robert patrick's the main character of this film right he is he plays the lead it's he's the best friend of travis he's the one who cares about him the most he's the one who's kind of the leader of the little group so when they're accusing them of things he's the one who's like getting agitated about it he's the one fighting back against it and when mm-hmm. Travis comes back, it is a little bit strange from a writing perspective that when he goes to speak to him, and Travis effectively says, You left me there, and blames him for that, and Robert Patrick just gets a little bit pissed off at that and says, Well, F you two then, and sort of storms away. He kind of just leaves the movie until the very end when Travis, two years later, goes back to see him. Which, yeah, don't get Travis me wrong,
1: becomes the main character.
0: Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I do think it's important that the ending had to be them re- reconciliating and some reconciling mm-hmm. reconciliating. The- rec- you know what I'm trying to say? Yes. <laughs> reconciliation.
1: Our reconciliation
0: t- scene. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they had to, re- to have a reconciliation between them. Right? That was important that the movie at to end that way because we started with their friendship at the end with their friendship. That had to be the the, the arc. Because we can't answer all the alien questions, but we can a- answer this friendship. We can finish that. We can...
1: Yeah, that's
0: smart. Yeah, we can fix that. Uh, and it ends in, a, a, honestly, a funny little joke where they go out to where he was taken and after, like robert patrick finds out that travis has had like a kid and he's got a second kid in the way so he's going to be an uncle again and they're sort of bonding and talking about and they basically forgive each other for whatever they did that night so he forgives uh, robert patrick for driving away in fear thinking he was dead and robert patrick you know kind of says you know same to you meaning you know whatever whatever i said whatever i get mad for at the time like let's just you know be gone with it but there's a little joke at the end where he, he says i don't think they're coming back, though." I don't think they like me very much. And that's kind of the <laughs> joke the movie ends on. Uh, it's, you know, it's sweet. It's just this idea that after a couple of years, he can finally maybe crack a little joke about it and just kind of move on with his life. Right. But it is this traumatizing thing.
1: Probably want to talk about the um, the scene where he gets abducted in the beginning also. Because it is a pretty decent scene when they're all just like leaving the, uh, where they were working and stuff. It's nighttime, they're in the forest, and they see... Something that looks like a wildfire, but it's not quite right. Like, it's not quite yeah, the right color. It's just,
0: it's just too red. You know, one thing is it's is it just, like, there's a sunset late, later than I thought. It's like, no, the sunset that direction, like, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's not the sun. Yeah, I, I think what I liked about that as well is that in, the, in the setting they're in, they're, they're, there's six of them cramped in one little truck. So they're, yeah. they're, they're not, they don't have a lot of space. They're all kind of getting on each other's nerves. Like, as they're getting closer, they're realizing, oh, wait, we're going to, like, pass through that because there's only one road up here and it's a windy road through the forest. So we're going to encounter whatever this is. We're going to get mm-hmm. close to it. And sure enough, Travis is the curious one who, like, gets out and says, look at that. And there's, like, we do see, like, a floating object. It's not quite a saucer, but
1: it's, like, a sort of ball. It's hard to tell because yeah. we can see, like, everything below it, but we can't see what's above it. So we can't mm. see where the, the light cuts off and above. It just looks like darkness.
0: Yeah, you can see part of the structure though. You can see like part of like a, a mm-hmm. dome at the bottom. I think, give or take.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a dome. If a dome had like a disease to it or something, it's very like poxy looking.
0: <laughs> Eventually, there's a light that comes down. Your classic sort of light coming down from the spaceship kind of thing. Travis gets thrown back as if he's hit by something.
1: Yeah, he seems to be frozen like and like th- like he's you know an awkward position where he's like compelled to like look up at it, and then yeah, he gets thrown back away like lifted off the ground at an unnatural height and then thrown back where everyone's like oh crap this is dangerous we need to get the hell out of here and robert patrick like doesn't want to go because that's his best friend maybe future brother-in-law um but i guess he's convinced like they're all like he's dead he's dead just go just go so that we don't die too
0: but but he gives in and then he feels good and then when they've driven for like a minute he stops the, the truck and says we need to go back uh, and most of them are saying, no, hell no. There's one religious guy who's saying, oh, maybe we should go back. We, this is the right thing to do. But most of them are like, no, 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 go, go, go. Get, all, get all <laughs> away from that thing. But, we, but they yeah. do go back. Uh, we don't see this part, but we hear that they go back and they just couldn't find him. He's just missing at that point. Like sh- whatever yeah. was there is gone. Travis is gone. Well,
1: the, I had, I had to, like, I don't know, like when they all, I, I they probably go up a couple of miles before they turn around. So maybe they feel like they're safe. But I would still feel safer in the truck than on, like, the side of a road in the forest where my friend just got possibly murdered by aliens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, 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 it's relatively effective, I think. And there's a lot yeah. of smart things that are in there in the script to kind of make this work in the sense that... Our main character, Robert, I keep saying Robert Patrick, what was his actual name? Uh, Mike. So Mike, so Mike yeah. he like, has a talk with his his friend Travis uh, when they're on lunch up in the forest, and he basically says, like, I don't really think you're ready to get married. You're you're still too much of a dreamer. And honestly, his logic here sounds really old-fashioned to me, but it doesn't matter. The the point for the the movie is, though, is that he's effectively disapproving of what Travis wants to do, which is marry his sister, which obviously Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily something he wants to hear. And they don't get into a fight about it, but it is a little awkward, and it is, like, this sort of wedge. So the idea that he, the last conversation he really had with them was this thing where he basically said, you're not good enough to marry my sister. It adds to this guilt of like, I yeah. didn't, I left him there thinking he was dead and now he's gone. And if he is dead, the last thing he heard from me really was, you're not good enough for my sister. To join my family. Yeah. So, also,
1: like if from the perspective of like the investigators, it could be a motive for murder. <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah. If you're, if you're really looking for a motive that maybe you could fudge that into one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and, and I really like that there's, there's like um, I mean, there's, there's kind of some some interesting things here about like them going out into the forest to cut down trees and just taking what they want. Like, you could argue mm-hmm. that that kind of parallels the aliens coming down and just taking people that they want yeah, without caring. Totally.
1: Right, yeah, Thinking everything belongs to them. It doesn't yeah. matter.
0: There's a little parallel there, I think. And just, just in the sense that yeah, their truck is kind of messy like the spaceships. Kind of. I know that you see much of the truck, but it, it doesn't feel like a truck that is cleaned a lot it feels like a messy dirty no work truck. it
1: feels like a yeah like a, like it's a tool
0: yeah even when they're cutting trees there's a there's a scene where the guy yeah, dallas who doesn't like travis he kind of like cuts down a tree that almost hits him and so sort i of just jokingly goes oh timber like afterwards oh there's like sort of tension and jokes kind of being thrown around in this sort of workplace setting and they're not really taking the trees then obviously trees aren't I mean, they're alive in the sense that plants are alive, but they're not. It's not quite the same. But I do think there's maybe a little parallel here with how they're treating the yeah, trees. It's
1: funny. I actually just watched a movie called uh, Clear Cut, which is also about just uh, the white man coming into the Canadian forest and just taking down all the trees like they don't. It, they're just a commodity. They're just mm. money, not realizing that this land is sacred to, uh, you know, the Native Americans that are up there. Um, pretty good horror movie, actually. Or horror thriller. Interesting. Uh, but you know, I think those parallels are kind of there. And it's uh, it just
0: adds a little bit of subtext to, to what's going on and a bit of a, bit of a layer to, to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, the other part is the, the idea of the accusations and like no one believing anything. And understandably so, because in the real world, if someone tells me they're a Bailey... it's a
1: pretty fantastic story. Yeah,
0: I'm yeah. kind of like, yeah, it's kind of hard to buy into it, honestly. <laughs>
1: it's like telling, it's like, yeah, if someone told you, um, you know, everyone in my family died because the house is haunted, mean, like, I don't believe you.
0: <laughs> you're probably just a mass murderer. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, just, that's what I'm going with. And, but you, you, but on some level, because you're watching a movie and you get to experience it with the characters, you're sympathetic to the fact that they did see something fantastical and no one's and going no to one believe believes. them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- there is something to that, and that's that's you know it's interesting. Um, yeah. So obviously they they're asked a lie detector test, and at first he just says we'll think about it they do go to the the dallas guy who's the, the one who's kind of the most he's the bad boy he's the one that gets angry and yells at people a lot they convince him to come down for the lie detector test and it kind of cuts between them as they're all taking this test because dallas's test because he's anxious is inconclusive they want to test everyone again and they get mad and leave but once they walk out the scene he does turn to the sheriff and like the other guy and like you know the other the, the other five results like they all match. They're all said, They're all telling the truth. They all believe what they're saying. They're, they're all mm-hmm. at comfort saying what they're talking about. And that about.
1: is true. That is taken directly from the uh, the actual event.
0: Yeah, uh, which is interesting. You know, like obviously lie detector tests aren't foolproof, but when you have five matching <laughs> lie detector tests, it's like.
1: Ah. Well, that's the thing about lie detector tests is that they don't actually work, but because people believe they work. They work, it's kind of a... yeah, yeah, you, Like, you, you can't really use it in a court of law <laughs> yeah but you, like you, you can, can use tri- it to get
0: a confession out of people you can trick a lie detector test because if you if, if you just sort of are comfort or peace to where you believe what you're saying yeah. if you're if you're good at sort of teaching yourself to do that, then you can basically trick the lie detector test because as you say, it's the getting agitated that you're telling a lie or getting nervous mm-hmm. that you're telling a lie that sort of reveals that you're telling a lie, so it's possible to yeah. to beat it. The movie doesn't really bring that up. That said, though, like, these characters that are presented to us in this film don't seem like people who have been training like Jack Bauer to beat lie detector tests their entire life.
1: <laughs> also, I mean, they all tell a story about a man they knew getting abducted, going missing for five days, and then returning and him saying he got abducted and that's why he was gone.
0: Yeah, that, that's a very important detail. The guy comes back and no one really has a good explanation. He doesn't really remember where he was. Obviously, he does remember it eventually, but... It, like, it does kind of present this like, well, something happened and he was out there without food or water for five days. Or he was somewhere mm. without food or water for five days. It's, well, yeah. you know, it, it, that's, that's what, this is one of these stories where there's enough juicy details where you sort of go, hmm, Ooh. maybe just, <laughs> may, maybe it's possible. There's just, there's just enough there that you got me speculating a little bit.
1: It's definitely more possible than ghost.
0: Sure sure it's just i think that's the part of it it's like if it, if it was just you know five people saying this happened and someone went missing you would probably just be assuming some foul play but the fact yeah. that he showed back up and at no point certainly not in the movie maybe in real life i don't know if what happened in real life but in the movie at no point does the returning travis ever once suggest that he was mistreated or anything by the other guys he never says anything about them that suggests that. something wrong i mean the wrong. real
1: guy goes on to write a book about his experience yeah so
0: <laughs> Which you know, you know, true or not, I don't blame him for milking that. <laughs> like once he became a bit of a celebrity, I don't blame him for like turning that into it's like a career.
1: Better than yeah, being a, a lumberjack. <laughs> it's a dangerous
0: job. Sure, yeah. You get to sit, you know, computer and t- write a manuscript instead of dodging. Go on TV and dodging logs <laughs> and stuff.
1: <laughs> go to those UFO conventions and sign autographs.
0: Yeah, because there's that, there's that moment when he's waiting in the car for. uh his girlfriend and like, the kids came up and like want him to sign the newspaper. Joe, it's funny actually uh, on this, the time period, because it's set in 1975 is I, because I didn't remember it was based on a true story. Like halfway through the movie, I was thinking, why is this set in 1975? Like th- like this came out in 1993. This could just be 93. There's nothing about it. that feels like it needs to be 75
1: because of the small town, like anywhere between yeah. the fifties <laughs> and the two thousands is all the same time to me. <laughs> everything looked the same (laughs)
0: well it's the phones. if people have like some form of cell phone then you you, you can date it past a certain time right but before that because it's all a very specific look of small town Mm -hmm. working america it it does look quite similar for a long time i I wouldn't say that their hairstyles or their clothes are like particularly i mean they they look believable enough to be in the 70s but i wouldn't say they they look like this like you could tell me this was 1993 and i would like yeah it looks like nineteen ninety three too.
1: I mean, if you added phones, you would say it's a small town in America or Canada now. Like they just wear flannel and jeans and like working outdoors. They they still use chainsaws <laughs> to cut down trees. True, true
0: <laughs> It is it doesn't yeah, it doesn't focus on anything that um like dates cr- a, yeah. other than having no phones and or I mean until a lesser extent and computers. Maybe but.
1: everybody gathering around at a church to get their news from the sheriff.
0: Sure, yeah. I feel that Maybe still happens in thing. movies set today, though, that are in small towns. They still do like, okay, everyone's going to the town meeting to talk about the the, the thing going on, kind of.
1: Yeah, I guess you wouldn't get any young people there. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like I, I mean, I haven't actually evidence of this in real life, but like sm- <laughs> mo- small towns and movies have t- told me this happens. <laughs> so
1: yeah, I suppose. I
0: just roll with it. Maybe it's a trope, but I'll, I'll roll with it. I mean, those are the main parts of the movie, I would say. Those, those little things here or there sort of sprinkled in between all these elements we've talked about. But yeah. those are the main elements. I I think I felt very fulfilled by it by the end, and I was kind of into what it was setting up at the start, but as, as it was getting towards like the back chunk of the movie, I was kind of thinking, oh, this is okay, but maybe not something that... Uh, I'm going to remember too fondly and then that last 10-15 minute chunk hits where it's like oh no here's your oh, here's,
1: all of a sudden this movie is
0: elevated <laughs> here's where all the money went this is where all the money got spent oh, on this yeah. movie
1: that's true because the rest of the stuff is very cheap you yeah. <laughs> don't have to do anything it's all very it's it's a drama I for exactly, the first I mean, hour
0: and a half with well, the slight exception of the abduction scene itself there is a bit of an effects work going on there but yes. yeah everything yeah. else is just locations in a small town and like houses and churches and trucks and forests it's all cheap stuff
1: <laughs> it's, yeah. it's
0: all normal movie easy to shoot stuff that, that's at the end it's like oh no you've got sets you you've got a guy on wires or something to make it look like he's floating you've got outfits you've got practical like effects that look like some... the
1: wire stuff looks great too
0: yeah and then the practical effects as well of the 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 like the procedures that are happening to him like those are quite good because they're like it looks like they're doing stuff to it, it looks like he's got stuff he, getting into his body. I like, and,
1: the, I like the design of the aliens a lot, too.
0: I, I like it as a, a take on the classic alien, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, because one of the things that a lot of movies do now is that they try and overcompensate by making them too complicated, and then they just get really dull because they're just a yeah. mess of parts. Like, you know, I, I don't really get anything out of the, the aliens, and even Independence Day, never mind something newer, like, I don't know, like overfilled or so i mean that's a bigger monster (laughs) but you know
1: yeah but we have the same complaint with those big monsters they tend to all look the same because we're both right it's true (laughs) (laughs) i there's also one moment that i i I do think is effectively creepy when they first find travis and Mm. like he sees something in the glass and it's just a like fingerprints with some goo coming off of them and the and the window and stuff and he's like going to touch it like i'm not crazy like something brought me here you know yeah, I like is, that
0: moment a lot this is where they dropped him off actually i do have a complaint about this scene uh there is something that struck me a little bit weird is that robert patrick calls in this like reporter or not a reporter he calls in this investigator who does like ufo stuff
1: because yeah, he's the only one who believes him
0: yeah well because earlier in the movie there's like, there's, like there is like, one reporter who wants to talk to him about aliens and he sort of tells him to piss off but then there's this guy who gives him a card and says like we investigate this sort of stuff but when he shows up with his with his like colleague right here, I, I thought he was going to call the sheriff and that to say, hey, he's back, right? Mm-hmm. He's not dead. He's back. We found them. Come and help us get an ambulance, whatever. But instead, he calls these guns, which I'll accept that part to a point. But they're, they're trapped in this little tiny bathroom. That's that's what it's this little public bathroom that they're in. These two guys come in and he's got a mic and he wants to like interview him right there, where he's he's not even said anything yet, really, because he's he's too in shock. He's too scared.
1: No, and they're using like the old time old-timey photographers with like the, um you know what i mean cameras with like the big the flashball flash on it so yeah. yeah it's obviously quite dramatic for him
0: and they're <laughs> shoving this like mic in his face and he's asking him questions travis's brother who's like a small part in the movie he's there he's yelling you know Mike, stop this stop this mate like let's, let's let, get him to a hospital the girlfriend Mike's sister is like no yeah stop this let stop this And for some reason, eventually Robert Patrick does actually eventually say, okay, you've tried it. It's not working. Let's get him to hospital. But there's a good like minute of this scene where he's like, no, give them a chance. Give them a chance. And I'm like, why? (laughs) (laughs) What what, what reason do you have here to give them a chance right now? This is not the time for this.
1: The only thing I can imagine is that he took them seriously because they took him seriously. So Mm. maybe he thought like they would be the experts in this situation. But
0: they come off as just complete. Hokey. they come off yeah. yeah
1: they come off as uh, a bunch of cranks
0: yeah they could they, they come off as like like t- these days they'd have a message board and they'd have like a reddit th- group and like we investigate paranormal shit we have a
1: podcast <laughs> <laughs> podcasters i know the scum of the world <laughs> i mean let's
0: face it most movies these days that have a podcaster character i usually don't like that character
1: uh, or they're set up to be
0: murdered uh, and <laughs> by Leatherface. I realise the the reason for that is you know, or the irony of that I should say is uh, is not lost on me. <laughs> yeah. But we, we do a movie podca- podcast we're not doing like true crime podcasts and you know, we're not trying to like talk to Michael Myers. Yeah, we're not successful.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yet. That's right. Yet.
1: Travis if you're still around
0: I'd <laughs> like to interview oh yeah we'll interview you. We'll yeah. even read your book yeah it was <laughs> funny because obviously they did put stuff to him physically that I thought oh is there going to be like a little moment at the end where his like two year old son's going to like have like a glowing eye or something like the idea that his body like they put something oh. in him and now his son's going to be like half alien or something
1: just have <laughs> a really big forehead <laughs>
0: Oh, it just starts speaking Klingon out of nowhere. was like, whoa, that's weird. Where did you pick that's that awesome. up? <laughs> honestly, it's it's a pretty solid movie. It's not overly long either. I think it builds in the, the normal mystery of it and the effect on the characters that when it does give you that big payoff, it does feel like a payoff and it does honestly feel really creepy and well-directed. I think him's creeping about floating around that ship looking mm-hmm. for anywhere to go when like if he runs into these aliens, he can't fight them. He's he's not going to be able to do anything. This is their home.
1: No, he's so out of his. It,
0: yeah, it's yeah. their home. It's their technology. He doesn't know his way around, and he's floating, which implies that they're in space right now. So even if he does somehow take control and like maybe is able to fight a couple aliens off, what's he going to do? Land the ship? <laughs> like he can't do anything. He's at he the... does knock the helmet off one of them. He does. He does. But you know, it's not like he knows how to control the the beam to send them mm-hmm. back down to Earth, they're adding.
1: Yeah, and, like, they're us- using gravity. Like, they seem to be fine. They can walk around on the ship, but he's floating the whole time, so... Mag Like, they they have a... Well, they're naked, and they look to be naked anyway. So, th- it just looks like, um... Yeah, this whole thing is, like, a controlled atmosphere to keep him <laughs> submissive.
0: Or maybe it's, maybe it's not less of a control thing. Maybe it's just that... There, the gravity they're used to is so different from ours that, like, it's it's so much lower than Earth's that to, we'd be floating in their gravity because we're so. Whereas they're like maybe more they, dense, maybe they have sticky or feet. Oh <laughs> yeah, maybe they just have sticky <laughs> feet. I mean, that's possible. <laughs> uh, or, or, or I mean, you said earlier on that there was like tech built into like the the material on the pod. Maybe, maybe they just put yeah. like mag boot tech into their feet. Maybe they just like put it straight in there. It's
1: it seems convenient, yeah. Yeah. Well.
0: They're, they're like a cyborg, a cyber, cybernetic species. They put in, like, tech into their, their body and stuff.
1: You know, any... If there's going to be another alien abduction movie, I mean, they have a high bar to reach when it comes to, like, if you're going to make it a thriller scene to do something better than this.
0: Yeah. You know what? It, it may be almost a one scene movie, but that one scene is pretty great, and it's, it's uh, so worth it. And yeah. the rest of the movie's not bad. The rest of the movie, you know, gets us gets us to the line, but that that's what puts it over the line. And mm-hmm. you know, so uh, I would recommend it. I would recommend checking it out, and uh, I had a good time, and uh, I'm glad I bought this one because I probably will watch it again at some point. So
1: oh, you bought it? Cool. It was on Hulu.
0: It was on sale. Uh, in fact. If I recall correctly, I when it was on sale like a month ago, I said, hey, this is on sale. Do you think we'll do it soon? And you said, yeah, let's do it. And then I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> that was how that conversation went. <laughs> that sounds right. So here we are. And then we came up with the New Alien theme. And uh, all of a sudden, I had a place to live. So <laughs> there you go. Um, we can rate the film. Tara, what are you going to rate Fire in the Sky out of 10?
1: Uh... You know, I was thinking 6.5, but honestly, after our discussion, it is a really good movie, and that scene uh, does elevate the film to a 7, I think, so I'm going to go straight 7. Okay. Uh, I
0: think I may even nudge up a little bit from that. I'm going to say 7.5. I'm not going to go 8, because I do think the rest of it is a bit more more B-movie tier, and then it's really elevated by that one scene so i think because of that i can't go into great but i think i'll give it an enthusiastic 7.5 i, I really had mm-hmm. a good time with it so uh there you go so yeah, i'm gonna make tara pose for the thumbnail at this point in time so i don't know why i
1: always forget that you're gonna ask me this <laughs>
0: <laughs> always it's really like an alien abduction of making you forget the trauma and then every time i get to spring it on you <laughs> <laughs> all right three two one pause All right. okay As much better, that's my best travis i mean the last time was was that he's he smiled and put a thumb up and it was like you yeah, had nothing for that so i'm glad yeah. i'm glad you had some inspiration for this one
1: i have nothing every time
0: <laughs> so i will take this time to thank our patreon producers for the month so thank you very much to tyler hess cindy Palisades, david sharp born now, christopher moy david brown al treisman and allison m Fordyce. thank you all to our patreon producers but you can support us for as little as $1 per month, can't it, Tara?
1: That's right, Peter. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash mildfuzzTV. And for as little as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus movies for the ace. You get to check out our reviews for cinematic classic masterpieces like You're the Hunter from the Future, which has the greatest theme song ever made. And some other world, junk. He's the man. And if you donate five dollars per month, you will get access to votes for what we watch every month. We're yeah. doing a '90s vote for. That's this a good one.
0: point. I actually don't know what our third movie is yet because it's the vote winner. <laughs> that's the third one.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> and we're a little bit ahead in recording, so like those votes just went up at the time of recording. So mm, yeah. So we'll see. So this
1: this month you've already missed it probably, but there is going to be a '90s Alien vote and then uh well you'll definitely have missed it
0: because this will be up in april and the vote ends what may
1: will bring but if you want to put your voice in it there'll be a vote for you plus you get get access to these reviews a day early
0: that's what i was just going to add on i thought you forgot Mm -hmm. about it but good job thank you so there you go (laughs) there's the plugging and that is the show. That is the Atomic Ceramic Experiment. Hopefully you've been enjoying these more. If you're watching the video versions anyway, the more edited form that they're taking and enjoying the extra razzle-dazzle. If you listen to the audio versions, you're basically not noticing anything different, I imagine, but uh, I'm putting more work in. <laughs> so I
1: just, look good. just
0: appreciate I guess. So. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us. It is always a pleasure uh, taking you to space and back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was I'm glad he didn't
1: talk about the anal probe in this. Who?
0: Travis, Travis. <laughs> all right, you meant me. <laughs> I was like,
1: why would I bring up the anal probe? There was no anal
0: probe. It, <laughs> <laughs> Unless that happened, maybe maybe it was too traumatic, and he woke up just as the flu- just as the memory was going to get too traumatic, he woke up.
1: Maybe there was no way to do it in the movie where people would take it seriously.
0: True,
1: uh, although because then it would become a. Guys, don't pray into the microphone.
0: What what if uh, like that table he was strapped on like had like a like it it, it then turned around? Like what if it spun?
1: Yeah. And that his ass was just in the air. <laughs> and that's where it ended. Yeah. <laughs> With the it's the same scene as the eyeball, just <laughs> reverse. It's uh, still pretty traumatic actually, it's a nightmare. I
0: mean, Let's face it, all of this is a violation of some sorts. It's mm-hmm. just a <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> great movie, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, there you go. That is the that is the movie. That's Fire on the Sky. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa.